Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. All right, I'm so excited to be here with everyone today. It's going to be a bit more lively today, so it's going to require participation. Is everyone okay with participating a little bit more than usual? Are there any children in the room today? Are there any? Can you raise your hand if you are 10 or under? I can't see. Can you stand up? I can't see very well. Can you stand up if you're 10 or under? Oh, I think there's a few more. Than, ah, that's, I can see you now. Well done. Have a seat for now, but not for too long because you're gonna, I'm going to need your help in a minute. So I'm excited today. Who knows what today is? Can anyone say it? Palm Sunday to the young lady in the front. Well done. Palm Sunday. We're going to celebrate Palm Sunday. We're going to talk about what it is. For all the adults in the room, we're going to we're going to wade into shallow waters a bit with the children, and then we're going to dive deep for a little bit too. Um, so there's something for everyone uh, here today. So Palm Sunday is the beginning of what we traditionally call Holy Week, which was the week leading up to the um, death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. And Palm Sunday celebrates the day when Jesus arrived into Jerusalem. It was a happy day. We have a picture of what one artist thought it might look like, although I feel like He's a little bit too Caucasian, but however, if you can move past that, here's an idea of what Palm Sunday may have looked like, coming in, waving palm branches, and other things which we're going to talk about in a minute. Okay, so if you are age 5 to 10, and you can sit still for a little bit and would like to participate a little bit more, I want to invite you to come sit in front of me on the floor down here. You don't have to. I can see some of you shaking your heads like, no way. But if you would like to, I need some help. I need some help with some story time. So if you'd like to come sit down here. Do I have any volunteers? (laughs) Yes, thank you. Woo! All right, well done. Well well done. Come on down. We're going to sit. Actually, do you know what? I tell you what. Why don't you sit facing me? Is that okay? Because I'm going to be talking to you like I'm going to, we're, going to be t- we're going to be telling a story. We've got, we've got a few right here. If we want to add any more here, feel free to come. Parents, if, you, if your child wants to go, you're welcome to sit with them to, for them to be brave, but that's up to you. So, okay, so we're going to read through the story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, okay? So, Mark 11. Now, This story is told in all four Gospels, but we're going to read from um, the book of Mark today. So it says, As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ridden. Untie it. And bring it here. So Jesus sends two of his disciples to gather what? A donkey. That's right. To gather a donkey. To go and collect it. A stranger's donkey, no less. I'm not sure if Jesus told me that, that I would feel comfortable 
going to a village that I'd not been in and going up and untying a donkey that didn't belong to me and walking away with it. Would you feel comfortable? Would anyone else here feel comfortable? I would not feel comfortable, but this was Jesus instructing them, so they went ahead and did it, okay? So what's next in the story? Let's, let's res- after this. <clears throat> if, if anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. That seems like a good enough answer, isn't it? So the two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door, As they were untying it, some bystanders were there, some people standing by. And what do you think they said? What do you think they said? What do you think they said? Hmm? If they came to come and get the donkey? Yeah, it's pretty weird that you're doing that. That's what they would have said. I think so, too. What are you doing? So what did they say? What are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say. And they were permitted to take it. This seems really funny to me. Um, Then they brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. So, this is really interesting. The disciples took their coats and threw it onto the donkey in order to make a saddle for Jesus to ride. I've never ridden on a donkey, but if I were to, I think I would want a saddle to ride on as well. I think it made it a little bit more comfortable. So, kids, what do you think? Maybe, Todd, do you want to get the mic and we can just see if anybody has any ideas? So, what do you guys think this donkey might have looked like? Do you think, like, this was a holy donkey that had, like, a glowing orb around its head? Or do you think it was, like, a normal donkey? Mr. Todd's here is going to put it in front of your mouth if you got any ideas. I think it was just a normal donkey. A normal donkey? What color do you think it was? Gray. Gray? Yeah? Any other ideas? I don't know. I'm wondering if he looked like this. We've got a picture uh, here. Yeah? It looks like black. Black. Yeah. It may have been. That's, yeah, it's quite possible. It may have looked like this. What do you think? Yeah? Or it may have looked like this. Hmm? I think that maybe, yeah. Well, I have another question. Do you, th- do you think this donkey was mad or sad or happy? Who has an idea of what, what this donkey might have felt? Happy. Happy. Anybody else? Sad because he has no one to look after him. Okay, yeah. Any other thoughts on what this donkey might have felt like over here behind you? happy. Well, I, I mean, or was he like Eeyore? Does anyone know who Eeyore is with, you know, Winnie the Pooh? And he was like, oh dear, of course he had to choose me to ride on today. Maybe? Or do you think he was like this, this donkey here? One more. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm the one that got chosen. I think he was probably more like this. Yeah? So, <clears throat> What's next in the story? 
What do we have next in the story? So they brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments over it, and he sat on it and began to ride into Jerusalem. Now, what's the next verse say in the story? Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. So what this is saying is that there was a huge crowd of people who were welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem, and they put what onto the road? What Can you see? What, the, what is that? Coats. They put their coats. Why would they put their coats onto the road? This seems a little strange to me. They're putting their coats on the road. Who's heard of the phrase rolling out the red carpet? Ellie's heard of it. A few of you. Rolling out the red carpet. So sometimes... A red carpet is like a symbolic way to, um, to show that somebody important is about to walk your way, right? So maybe you've seen a red carpet in a situation like this, right? So maybe celebrities or somebody, a movie star or somebody important is going to an awards ceremony and they're walking down a red carpet. Or maybe you've seen a red carpet like the next one here, like this. Maybe it's like, maybe the bride and groom are coming down the stairs, or maybe the queen is about to walk down the stairs, and so you have the red carpet that's been rolled out for someone important to to walk down. So this is what they were doing with their coats and their garments. They were were quickly creating a red carpet in biblical times for Jesus to come in on, which is kind of amazing. So they pulled off their jumpers and their shirts and their coats. Now... Let's just think about this for a minute. Let's just think about this. What do you think these roads were like? Okay, so they didn't have concrete. They didn't have tarmac or asphalt. Uh, what, what do you think were on these roads that they were putting their coats onto? Does anyone have any ideas? You can raise your hand. Rocks. Rocks. And uh, it would, might be very bumpy. Bumpy, yeah. What else? Uh, even it is like, it's like even so rocky. Rocky, I know. What else? Okay, think about it, because there's all these people walking on it and animals walking on these roads. What else would these roads have been like? Dirty. Dirty, yeah. And some mud. Mud. Okay, I'm just going to say, maybe they were like pooey too, yeah? Okay, you've got all these animals, and you've got all these people who are putting their coats down onto the muddy, stony, dirty, pooey streets. Why? They must have thought Jesus was pretty important to be doing that, don't you think? Okay, what else? Let's pick up in the story. What else were they putting onto the street? It says, others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Now, the book of John describes them as palm branches. We don't, we don't know if it really was palm branches, but it was some sort of branch that was cut down. Um, so that is why it's called Palm Sunday. If you have a palm branch, can you wave it? I just want to make sure we've still got them in the room. Okay, we still have some here. Good, because we're going to be using those in a minute, okay? So others spread leafy branches onto the road with their coats as well, okay? Next in the story, what's, what's next? You guys are doing great. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! 
Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Blessings on the coming kingdom of, of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. So they're laying out their coats on their ground. They're laying out the palm branches on their ground. And they're shouting something. Um, they're shout the Greek word that they were shouting was Hosanna. Has anyone heard that word before? Some of the older ones will have heard it. Can you guys say that with me? Hosanna. Hosanna. Oh, come on. Hosanna. Okay, yes. Okay, Hosanna is the Greek word that was used. Hosanna. Now, Hosanna, we, it's, it's translated, um, the, the English words, the English equivalent is, please save us. Please deliver us. Rescue us. So they were saying, praise God, Hosanna, deliver us, save us. And this actually comes, what's happening in this moment is that they are directly quoting Psalm 118, which is a, like a messianic chapter about Jesus and the restoration of the temple. Let's go to that scripture really quickly. This is what, is, this is what they're quoting. Please, Lord, save us. Please, Lord, give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. So this is literally, this psalm is what they were saying in this moment when Jesus is coming through. So let's go back to that picture really quick that we showed at the beginning of what it might have looked like. So, um, so these crowds are shouting Hosanna. They've got, see, now you can understand what they're putting down on the ground here. They're putting some of their cloaks and their garments and the, and the palm branches. <clears throat> because many were beginning to wonder if Jesus was the Messiah. The Messiah was somebody who had been prophesied and spoken about for hundreds of years in all throughout the Old Testament. And he was a somebody special that God was going to send to deliver his people. And so all the crowd began to wonder, maybe this is him. Maybe he's the one who's been sent by God. Now, we're going to talk about that in a minute but I think it would be really good to really understand the story. I think it would be better if we could act it out, okay? So this is where I need more children to participate, please. So if you can come forward, I want you to bring your palm branches, and if your parents are okay with it, bring, a, bring your coat or a jumper, okay? And we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna kind of reenact this, okay? So bring your jumper, bring a palm branch, and come forward, okay? <clears throat> I think we need a few more jumpers, to be honest. So if you have a coat, even adults, if you've got a coat that you're willing to spare, um, I mean, maybe if it's not designer, um, that, that, but you know, something um, you don't mind being trod upon for just a minute, okay? All right, so do we have everybody? Not everybody. We've got a few that are a little bit shy about participating. Adults, you can be with your children. It's fine. <clears throat> well done. Okay, so um, maybe, Todd, you can help me arrange the children. So what I was thinking <clears throat> is that maybe they could all be lined up facing forward, okay, with their palm branches. <clears throat> so stand up, and you're going to look out towards everybody. <clears throat> Well done. Okay? Now, if you have a jumper, please lay it on the floor in front of you because we need to create a red carpet for Jesus to come in on. 
<clears throat> well done. Okay. Good. I think this I think this will work well. Okay. So, here's what we're going to do. In a moment, we're going to um, we're going to have someone come through that is only pretending to be Jesus. Let's not confuse him with the real Jesus, okay? Just pretending, okay? And we're going to pretend that we are like that crowd and we're welcoming him. And so you just need to say one word. Do you know what that word is? Hosanna. Can you say that so I can hear it? Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna, and we're going to welcome him saying, please save us, deliver us, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay, is everyone ready? I, I need to hear you say Hosanna in order for this to work. Ready? One, two, three. Hosanna. Hosanna. Well done. Okay. All right. Do we have Jesus in the house? Where is he? Jesus, can you hear us? Here he comes, riding on, it, riding on his donkey. Hosanna! <laughs> Hosanna! <laughs> Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna! Come on, wave your palm branches. Hosanna! <laughs> Hosanna! Oh, wow, well done. All right, come on back, Hosanna. <laughs> oh, Hosanna, welcome. We welcome you, Jesus. You're welcome in this house. We're so glad you're here. You're, you're, well, you, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, come on in. Come, yeah, come, wherever J Jerusalem's gates are, there you can go, okay? <laughs> welcome. <laughs> no children are frightened, I can tell you. So that's good. Well done. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, and well done to all the children. Well done for participating. Okay, woo, that was great. Okay, you you can take your palm branches and your coats, and now go sit with your your parents. Okay, for a few minutes. That was great. I'm fairly sure that was a very near reenactment of what it was like. So this was a holy moment just now. Thanks for participating, everybody. Good for you. So um, we are going to dive a little bit deeper just for a few minutes, and um, it's okay that it's going to be a bit noisy today, so don't feel like, you know, you have to keep everybody quiet, parents. It's fine. We're just going to dive deeper a few more minutes, and then don't lose those palm branches, kids, because at the end, we've got another thing we want you to participate in by coming towards the front, okay? So um, for those of you who happen to have joined um, our Zoom online uh, service, Todd, was it one year ago or two years ago? I have lost all track of time. So um, last year, um, last year, Palm Sunday, we had a friend of ours named Kurt Mailer who um, shared wonderfully on, um, on Palm Sunday. And so some of the details that I'm going to share with you quickly are, are based off of some of what he said. Um, but I just want to talk quickly and briefly about the significance of Jesus entering Jerusalem like he did on that day, because it's a little bit of an odd story, and we can gloss over it quickly and be like, that was weird. Why did that happen that way? I don't know, and then move on. But let's just, just pause for a moment and think about the why behind what he did, um, and does that have any significance for us today um, as believers in the UK in 2022? So first of all, I want to say, 
that Jesus entering in on donkey through the, the gates of Jerusalem was very intentional. It was very intentional, and he knew exactly what he was doing, and he was trying to make a statement about himself, okay? Why? Because he was actually making a statement about himself regarding his kingship and his authority. So, historically, when conquering military leaders would enter into the city, they would be mounted on a horse, and they'd make a display of their victory, or, you know, over their conquering enemies. And what's interesting is that 160 years prior to this event, a similar event had happened. And at the time, the Greeks, it was a Greco-Syrian empire, the Greeks were ruling over the Jews, and there was a family known as the Maccabees who rose up in that time, uh, gathered a military campaign, and they eventually overthrew the Greeks, they entered into Jerusalem, they cleansed the temple of the idols, and the Jews had a period of peace where, able they, where they were able to worship freely. But what's interesting is that the historical records of this moment record that um, after their conquest, when they entered into Jerusalem, listen to this, the people welcomed them with palm branches, hymns, and songs. Sound familiar, okay? So this is a, 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 an artist's version of Judas Maccabee as they're, you know, ousting the Greeks. And uh, it, was, it was common for the conquering leader to come in, you know, and show that they were now the ones in charge of the city. So Jesus was making a statement about his authority and everyone that was there also understood the significance of it. The Jews understood the significance of it. The Jewish leaders did. Even the Romans of, oh, this guy is trying to say something right now. So not only was Jesus making a statement in that moment, but the crowds were making a statement about who he was. So the way in which people responded to him and his statement uh, you know, was that they were welcoming him uh, as a leader, as, a, as the authority, and even as a king of some sort, because they had great expectation and belief attached to him. Do you remember earlier how I said many began to wonder, is this the one? Is this the Messiah who's going to save us and deliver us? <clears throat> So, what was that word? Kids, what was that word that I had you say earlier about, well, about crying out to Jesus? What is it? Starts with an H. Hosanna. Can you say it louder? Hosanna. So, they're saying, so as Jesus is entering in, they're saying, Jesus, Hosanna, deliver us, save us. Hosanna. That's right. Yes. Hosanna. Now, why were they wanting to be, to be delivered? It's because they were now being ruled again by the Romans this time. So they were looking for they, they were looking for a new military leader to come and deliver them, to, give, to oust the Romans, to give them back their freedom so that they could live and worship without the oppression of this government, give them back their identity as a nation. And who wouldn't blame them for that? So they were actually hoping that maybe Jesus was the one who would deliver them from the Romans. I mean, honestly, imagine 
you know, imagine if like tomorrow France, I mean, I love France, um, but like France invaded uh, the UK, okay, and occupied the territory in the UK and uh, demanded that we pay taxes to their government and determined how we worked and how we worshiped and put a lot of like really oppressive laws on us. You know, we, wouldn't, we would not be happy about the situation. We would want our sovereignty back. And this is what the Jews were living under, this oppressive regime. And so they were seeking earthly salvation from the Roman, their Roman enemies. So, but Jesus did things differently, didn't he? So let's look at how he did things differently in this short story and why he did it differently. So what was the animal that he rode in on? Does anyone remember? Yes. Donkey. He rode in on a donkey. A very happy donkey is what we determined. A very donkey that was very happy to be ridden upon. <clears throat> and he chose a donkey instead of a horse. <laughs> he could have ridden in on a horse. And that would have been appropriate in some ways. But Jesus knew that he was making a very obvious statement by riding in on a donkey. Now, because donkeys were, were an animal of peace. They were used in peacetime. Donkeys were used to farm the land. But a horse was used with military purpose, for military purposes. So had he been riding in on a horse, it would have been a different statement. It would have been a statement of war and of dominance, and instead he chose a donkey because it was a statement of humility and a statement of peace, and so that is why he chose it. He also was literally fulfilling the prophecy about him that was spoken by the prophet Zechariah. So let's read that together. Zechariah 9 verse 9, rejoice, O people of Zion, shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem, look your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Wow. Word for word, Jesus fulfills that promise in their midst, okay? And Jesus was saying, through that prophetic act to the people around him, Jesus was saying this, yes, I am your king, Yes, I am bringing a new kingdom, but beware of your expectations of what my kingdom will look like. For I do not come with weapons and power, as you know, and my kingdom is not of this world. But it will change your world if you will let it. That's what he's saying in that one prophetic act of riding in on the donkey. Because Jesus was coming to overthrow systems, wasn't he? Earthly systems in a way and usher in a new kingdom, but in a different way, not in a physical, military way as they were expecting him. He was not an earthly king who would demand homage from the people that he ruled. He longed for them to recognize who he was and how he had come to save them and rescue their hearts, rescue their souls, rescue them from a life lived without him. That's what he came to rescue. 
them from, to save them from. And later on in, in, uh, in Luke, it describes his anguish of the people not recognizing him for the leader that he was. And we can just read that briefly in Luke 19. He said, this is Jesus saying, how I wish today that, all, that you of all people would understand the way to peace, but you did not recognize it when God visited you. So Jesus' heart is broken over his people, over the people of Jerusalem, saying, recognize me for the leader that I am coming to rescue your hearts. So, as we conclude, there's one more kind of level I want to go to with this. What, what can we learn from this? What is God saying to us through this? Um, and this is the sobering part of it, is that when, you know, we can read these stories and kind of feel very disengaged from what's going on. But I think that we can do the same thing that, that these crowds were doing because we can, we can have such strong expectation and anticipation, yes, even faith, for how we believe Jesus would want to enter our circumstances and bring us salvation. Do you know what I mean? Like, faith is such a good thing, and faith is such an essential part of our walk with God, and it's so important that we really grab hold of what Jesus is able to do, and we believe for breakthrough in our circumstances, but we can attach so much anticipation and expectation of Jesus saving us in the way that we want to be saved that we end up missing him because all we're, we're wanting him to bring the breakthrough in our lives that we're wanting. And that's where we need to be aware of places, these places that, you know, we, we want him to bring breakthrough in or family situations or, you know, er- areas in our lives that just need a breakthrough of some sort. And, um, and we can just assume accidentally, you know, not, not with an evil intent, but we can assume that, that the way in which we want that hope and breakthrough is the exact way in which he wants to come into our lives. And that's a tension that, we've, that we have within the kingdom of God is this tension of faith and believing for breakthrough, but also this tension of mystery and unanswered prayer and where is God in this place that I really want him to come and break through in. And what happens when that, you know, when we're, when we're experiencing that? Because those same crowds that said, what did they say when Jesus walked through? Kids, what did they say? Okay, adults, what did they say to him? Hosanna, Hosanna, deliver us, save us, Jesus. We recognize you as king. We recognize your authority. We think that you're the Messiah. One week later, what were they shouting? Anyone know? Crucify him, crucify him. You did not meet my expectations. You did not come through in the way that we thought you were going to. One week later. And do we sometimes do the same thing? Do we worship him one moment and then distance ourselves from him in offense, in confusion, in pain because he's not rescued us in the way that we feel he ought to have rescued us? And so what I want to say as we head into Holy Week is can maybe we look at Jesus with fresh eyes this week? Can we look to see where he's inviting us into a place of connection with him, even if it's 
different than what we thought? Can we lay down our expectations just long enough to see where is he showing up in our lives? Where is his mercy being poured out? Where is his invitation to come and dine with him and be with him and find communion in relationship with him? Where is he gently leading us if we're willing to follow? That's the exhortation that I have for all of us today. And um, it's just, it's a, it's hard to reconcile sometimes that maybe right now he actually wants to overthrow the demons in our lives <laughs> before he overthrows our circumstances. That's hard for us to grasp that. Maybe he wants to try to bring peace into your heart and soul more than take you out of the circumstances that you're uncomfortable with. Like he's leaving us in places of discomfort in order to actually get access to our heart and soul in places that we're needing healing or deliverance or freedom. That's how much he cares about you. That's how much he cares about us. So are we willing to look at him with fresh eyes today and, and, and maybe recognize the places of invitation that he has in our lives? Because he's the king who doesn't demand our allegiance, he just invites us to follow him wholeheartedly. And he's the, he is the only king, the true king, who's worthy for us to follow and worthy for us to worship. And that's what today is about. That's what Palm Sunday is about. That's what Holy Week is about. And as we enter into the, the, the Holy Week and think about all that he did for us, he's the only one worthy of worship. He's the only one worthy for us to follow. Amen? Okay. So we're going to conclude today by worshiping the King. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.